Hi, my name is Jonathan Hawthorne, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. My name is Kenny Jacoby. I'm an editor with the Daily Emerald, and here with me in the studio, we have Ryan Kosteka and Jack Butler. All three of us covered the Oregon football beat this season. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited. Good to have you. Well, today we're going to be talking about the rebranding of Oregon football and the complete overhaul um, that the coaching staff has taken and what the team might look like moving forward. Um, so obviously, rough season ended with Helfrich's firing. Now we have a new head coach, Willie Taggart, from South Florida. Seems like a very capable guy. Seems like he's bringing good energy to the program. One point I wanted to touch on is, for years, Oregon football has preached continuity. Um, They've had assistant coaches who've been there for 10, 20, 30 years, and they're not bringing any of them back. Taggart has hired about 10 new positions so far, and none of them are returning Oregon uh, coaches. And what do you guys make of that? Um, for, For years, it's been consistency and now we have a, a revamped staff i mean at some point consistency it's great in college football it really is but at some point you have to have a change when things get redundant and players get used to the same thing day in day out from the same coaching staff things don't change and i think that's kind of been the biggest problem with oregon what we saw at least last year is oregon wasn't willing to change they were stuck in what they were doing and the rebranding is nice i mean i think it's really needed and i think going with a young coach like taggart full of energy who's going to come in and do things his way i think that's big for the ducks right we've seen with multiple reports coming out recently this past week that players were having trouble buying in they weren't necessarily being punished for skipping meetings they were cutting some of their workouts short and i think that might just be a redundancy in the voice of the coaching staff and bringing in taggart who is clearly an energetic guy but he comes from the harbaugh coaching tree so you know that he's probably not one to mess around and he's probably a disciplinarian. Uh, so just just bringing that energy, I think, is what's good for this program. Yeah, kind of going off that, like you talked about how the players are missing like practices, or not practices, but uh, workouts and cutting them short, late to meetings. That falls on leadership as far as you know the team goes. And if there's no real leaders on the team, that has to do with the coaching staff, not kind of assigning leaders. And so I think it's been kind of a trickle effect from no establishment of leadership and just letting these kids do whatever it is they want to do and control basically their own stuff. So Oregon wants a completely new phase for the program, and they want to pretty much overhaul everything, including their Twitter handle, Win the Day is No More. That was uh, something that Chip Kelly brought with him when he started in 08. Um, actually, I think he came in 07, and that's when things really started changing around the f- the program, and they really started focusing on the Win the Day brand, and they did really well under Chip Kelly. Lots of wins, lots of success, and lots of recognition. Um, Helfrich, when he took over, they still used the Win the Day, but nothing really changed in terms of, um, I guess, the pr- the brand of the program. Now, Win the Day is no more looks like they're testing out a few different things do something seems to be the one that's (laughs) stuck the most yeah although you know they've heard uh what was it uh 
have a good day if you want to. <laughs> that one didn't quite stick as well, but I it seems like uh, do something is doing pretty well. I think Taggart is a lot of just off the cuff, whatever comes to mind. <laughs> I think press conferences definitely won't be as kind of cut and dry anymore. They'll be really entertaining. You'll always have something to write about with this team now. Exactly, and I mean, I think part of the success of Win the Day was because it was um, surrounded and created by Chip Kelly and creating that cult of personality that Chip Kelly had really did a lot for this Oregon program. So, you know, to get rid of it might be an odd change for a lot of Duck fans, but if Taggart comes in, seems like he's pretty good at creating his own taglines, you know, that's exactly what this program brought him in for is that revamping and, and something new, so... I remember when Chip Kelly first came to Oregon back, like you said, in 07, he brought this whole win-the-day philosophy. Um, you know, he cut media from practices. It was all about the kids and, you know, this hard focus, this kind of rise-and-grind type of style. And to a lot of Oregon people, it was different. You know, they weren't really the biggest fans of it back then. They were, you know, longtime Oregon fans were, in a way, revolting against Chip Kelly and the way he was doing things. So, but obviously, you saw great success with it, in immediate success with Chip Kelly doing it. So, I think... It's interesting now that when the day was so big, now we have Taggart coming in, doing what he's going to do, revamping, rechanging the program, doing it his way now, and people are kind of not sure how to take it. But, you know, if history repeats itself, then Oregon should be sitting pretty with Taggart. It seems like a 360 switch because I believe at South Florida they had open spring practices to the media. Um, I, I believe recently Taggart said he didn't understand exactly why you would hide the fact that a player's hurt. So uh, it seems like a complete opposite from the culture that Chip Kelly kind of brought with him. Exactly. It's it's very interesting to look at because if you look at the, both the play, both the coaches, they're, they're, they're intense individuals. You know, they're going to ride these players. They're a no-nonsense type coach. I mean, Taggart's come out and said, you know, you're not going to be messing up here at the program. You mess up, you're done. Chip Kelly was a very the same way. You know, you mess up, you're done. There's no second chances. There's certain things you abide by, not just as a student athlete, but as an individual. But now with Taggart, also kind of like what Jack said, it's totally different. Practices are open. I'm going to let you know if someone's hurt. It's completely different vibe, but it's the same as far as the way the players will be policed. But it's more inclusive to the Oregon community. I think Oregon fans... You know, by the time spring practices come along and summer's here and stuff, they're really going to buy into it now. And I really, I think they're going to show up. I think Oregon's going to start selling out games again. I was at the, uh, I was just as a as a fan at the game, uh, UNLV versus Oregon basketball game uh, up in Portland, and they had a little message urging, urging all the alums and everybody there to uh, buy season tickets for the upcoming year. And when his face popped up and he introduced himself, he got. A really loud round of applause. So cer- certainly energy. I mean, just looking at social media alone, there the coaches are active on social media, which, I mean, I, I can't name a time I saw Mark Helfert really tweet or, or any of them really. So uh, different times. When you talked about the press conferences being a little livelier now, I think uh, even Mark Helfert's Twitter was like sitting in on his press conference. It was just very bland. Um, you, there was not a lot of substance to what he said, but already you kind of get the vibe that Willie Taggart's going to bring a little more energy, charisma. Seems like people are taking it well, uh, including some of the players like Darren Carrington and Royce Freeman both said they're going to return to play under Taggart. So I like the guy. I don't know him very well, but I get a good impression from him. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think because he has said he's going to be more open about injuries and possibly open practices as well. How much of this do you actually buy? Because 
you know, actions speak louder than words and his words, they sound good. Um, but for a while, Oregon has, you know, kind of had this secrecy to the program. And do you think that he'll keep up with it? Or do you think this is something that he's, you know, kind of just saying up front to, to capture the attention? Um, like in my opinion, I, I think he's for real. I think he's going to keep up with it. And I think it's been apparent with the coaching staff. Um, by revamping the coaching staff, he's coming and saying, this is my team, this is my program, these are my kids. We're going to run Oregon football my way. And I think that's what's needed. I do think we'll see open spring practices for the fans. One of the biggest things with Hellfrich and Kelly that I wasn't, a, I guess I wasn't a fan of, if I was a fan of football, is that there wasn't really much interaction. I mean, look at Jim Harbaugh. He's going to games, to basketball games. He's talking to fans. He's really engaged with them. There's only so many Nick Sabans in the world where you kind of you do your own thing. Chip Kelly was one that was great. With Helfrich, I don't think it really worked as well. So Taggart's coming in. He's going to be the face of the program. He's going to do things his way. I think he's going to be true to his word, and I think it's what Oregon needs. It would be odd to go out, you know, fire a coach who a lot of people didn't think deserved to be fired, to go out and get a coach, and then he says all these things and then try and convince him not to do what he's saying. That would kind of defeat the purpose of going out and hiring him in the first place. And I think what we saw with uh, Andrew Greif's report in the Oregonian that we've, you know, already mentioned that players were, we're, we're not, we're not going a hundred percent in everything. And even holding just spring practices open to players and media or not players, but fans and media. Um, it also makes the players kind of probably work harder and they know that they're not going to be able to hide behind the, uh, you know, athletic department and the coach and stuff like that. So it's important. I'm glad you brought up the the Andrew Greif story that ran yesterday because it was very telling. Um, you get the sense that, you know, this is how it was the whole season, although the public didn't really know that. You know, they kind of just made it look like everything was fine. Helfrich stuck to his strategy. He said, this is, you know, a winning culture. We just we just got to get back to our winning ways. Um, but it, it seems like now after reading this behind the scenes, there was turmoil and people were unhappy and people were getting lazy and getting on each other. Um, so one thing that was a theme this season was criminal activity on the football team. And the Emerald knows all about that <laughs> having published or broke six of the seven stories. Um, but one curious thing to me is just recently, Eddie heard uh, Tristan Wallace and Darian Franklin it's announced that they're no longer on the team. It's not specified whether they were dismissed or they left on their own terms, but you get the sense based on some of Willie Taggart's statements uh, about violence against women and no drugs and no guns um, that maybe they were, you know, asked to leave um, quietly or, or maybe, you know, it was Taggart's decision, although we will never actually know that probably. Um, so do you think, you know, under Helfrich, since it was people were getting away with more stuff or maybe they were being suspended and staying on the team, do you think that Willie Taggart is going to bring a, a kind of a revamp mindset and kind of keep the, the team straighter away from this activity? Oh, without a doubt. Um, it's a no-nonsense type of time for the Oregon Ducks. Um, they, got, they got a bad rap, and if it wasn't for everything that happened at Baylor – everyone in the nation would have been talking about what's going on at Oregon. Baylor's thing was terrible, but Oregon had a lot of issues here that I think 
being a West Coast school, they're not necessarily in the national news. A lot of East Coasters don't really hear about it. And I think that kind of helped it keep under the rug. But as far as what, what, what went on with the program here and with the sauce, the sexual sauce, the issues they had, that stuff just can't happen. And one time, you know, that's okay. One time it happens. You get rid of the kid, you do that. Helfrich didn't get rid of anybody. He refused to do that. He, I, I saw a report that he knew that something happened with Toronto preview in the spring. Nothing even happened. He practiced all summer with them, but nothing even happened until the very end. It's just, I think it came down to they heard the same voice over and over again. They knew that they weren't afraid of him because when Chip Kelly was here, they were terrified of Chip. Helfrich was here. They weren't afraid of him. Taggart came in. He laid down the law. I think dismissing the three players right away, it set the precedent for it that this is what happens. Don't mess with me. You can try me, but you're not going to win. And I think that's huge for the Ducks. Agreed. I, I saw a video when he was talking to his, to the players that said that he's going to try and find guys that, to come in and, and take their jobs. That it was very much a NFL style. You have to you have to earn your job. Um, we know the NFL hasn't been that great in handling off the field issues, <laughs> but um, in a similar way, it is about holding players accountable. And w- you know when when you try and be this authoritarian iron fist that Helfrich said he was, and then you know all the, it's rumored and and everybody figures out that these players were under investigation but we're still working with the team you know that that sets that is setting culture and that is accepting that you can break the rules and you'll be fine and Taggart shows that he he's not he's not having any of that so i think one of the coolest things about Taggart is he said no one has a single digit number um, that's a big to the players. It's a big deal to have that single digit number. It, I mean, I know it's a team sport, but that single digit ner- number kind of specifies that you're the man that you get stuff done. Um, I love that he took that away from him and he said, "Okay, here's the deal. You got to earn this now. Everyone has to earn it from the seniors to the incoming freshmen. No one's a guaranteed starter right now. They're all starting with a blank slate and they've got to earn it." So I think that no nonsense. This is how we're going to run things is huge. I also. I mean, to get to have to come out and say that and to start doing these things and then have someone like Darren Carrington and Royce Freeman and Tyrell Crosby to have these guys say, you know, okay, yeah, we're going to come back. We're going to play for this guy. That's absolutely massive. I just, I can't fathom what Taggart, what kind of individual he is to have convinced these players who could have gone to the NFL, made millions, and not dealt with any of this to come back and say, hey, I want one more year with the Ducks. I, I think that speaks a lot to people who might be questioning Tiger in the way he's going to run things. Getting these guys back, I think that speaks a lot to the culture he's building here now. I want to know what players who had single-digit numbers last year don't have them at the start of next fall. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, certainly a question that I want to ask Tiger is how are you going to go around uh, figuring out who gets numbers? Is it voted by players or I assume – given what Taggart seems to be, that it, it'll be him and his coaching staff. But, I mean, guys like Arion, you know, I yeah. mean, Terry Wilson had one. Ty Taj, Robinson Taj had Griffin, one. Charles Nelson, Darren Carrington. I mean, uh, prominent players um, who, you know, some of them, especially Darren Carrington, seem to uh, lack leadership, was criticized for their effort throughout the year, even benched. Uh, do they earn that? single-digit number again that's to me one of the most fascinating storylines of spring and into fall probably it'll be interesting to see and we're, we're running out of time here but I do want to touch on one more point here and and that's that you know Helfrich he was in a tough position with all those crime stories and 
you know, at this point, some of them were under criminal investigation, some were under student conduct code investigation. So you can't necessarily, since they haven't been found guilty, go straight to dismissing them. You could, um, but you'd be making a broad leap. And at the end of the day, you know, they do want to protect their players. So, but Taggart, you know, makes the decision to actually get rid of them after they've been suspended for a while. The one interesting thing, in my opinion, is Carrington under criminal investigation for assaulting a man allegedly and breaking his arm. He stays on the team. Um, Eddie Hurd, who was arrested for allegedly punching a woman, was kicked off or left on his own terms. Same with Tristan Wallace and Darian Franklin, who both are under investigation for a sexual assault. So my understanding is if, if, if the school is involved for a student conduct code investigation, they immediately take action because it's the school. If it's an EPD, Eugene police thing, like a criminal investigation, then they kind of wait and see what happens. Um, but Carrington remains on the team. So there has to be some kind of judgment call at some point. And I'm curious to see how he'll deal with criminal behavior the next time we see it, if they'll be upfront about it. Um, it would be nice if we kind of got an announcement saying this player has <laughs> been suspended. But, you know, that's a lot to hope for. And do you guys have any thoughts on that? I I mean, I don't know how about you, Jack, but I think the biggest difference for me personally is okay what first off you know crime is crime they messed up there's no doubt about it but if you look at Carrington's thing I, it was man on man incident that I think Taggart there's no there's no explanation for ever assaulting a woman I mean women are treated supposed to be treated with absolute respect and they should be and I think that's kind of where Taggart's coming from with that he's setting the precedent right now that if you mess or disrespect a woman in any way I'm not having that by any means I know Taggart has a daughter I mean, he has a newborn. Um, I think that's the biggest deal. Uh, as far as, like, you know, a fight happening between two males, I think he will take action. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Carrington was suspended for the first game of the year or some type of action was taking place. But he's making – he's setting a precedent that women are off limits. You treat them with respect, and if anything happens with them, I don't care alleged or not, we're not having that, we're not dealing with it. So I think he made the right move with those players. I do think he made the right move with Carrington. I'm curious to see how he's going to handle it, though, when it comes out with whatever the result is. Yeah, I I, I have trouble speculating exactly what they're going to do. Um, who knows what conversations Carrington and Taggart have had, if any, or what the athletic department or EPD is, is given Taggart um, this far. I mean, all I'll really say is uh, Carrington is significantly more talented than a lot of those guys were. <laughs> and um, so yeah. maybe that has something to do. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I, it, it Seriously. Al it always seems to. Um, uh, but, you know, I won't speculate too much. Yeah. That's all I have to say. We'll see how it goes. That's all we have time for today. You can keep an ear out for more upcoming episodes from the Emerald Podcast Network. We'll continue to follow the coaching change. Also, I'd like to get some men's basketball in. Um, only on the Emerald Podcast Network will you hear this content. You can listen to more uh, at dailyemerald.com or subscribe to Emerald Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening, and guys, thanks for coming. Thank yeah. you. That was awesome.